You're listening to the Frankly Podcast. To submit a question to the podcast, go to franklypodcast.co.nz. This episode is kindly supported by the fabulous woman at Bonk Lou. Hi, I'm Jim, and when I was growing up, I thought that my body was going to look exactly like my mum's, uh, but it turns out my breasts are like three times the size of hers. And it took me a little while to come to terms with the fact that I wasn't going to have these tiny, beautiful little breasts. So, but I'm very happy with them now. So, yeah. And you are? Uh, I'm Regina Sterling, and I'm an intersex person, or as we've coined here at my workplace, he tangata erua. Tangata erua. a person of two life essences. Oh, that's really cool. I like that a lot. And, uh, so, um, yes, I'm, I'm a PhD graduate, so I'm the first intersex person in New Zealand to have a PhD. Wow. Uh, and I did it in law and human rights, and I'm currently working at Te Kotahi Research Institute here at the University of Waikato. Um, currently, we're doing work in Māori data and data sovereignty. And yeah, so cool. it's a good starting point. Yeah, that's a good starting point. That's fantastic. So did you get into law and cultural law because you, like, why did you get into uh, I, w- I just sold my language school. I was an English language teacher for a long time. Okay. The industry was kind of collapsing. And I was trying to think out what to do at, at, at that time. And so... I decided to embark on a new career, so I started going into law. Uh, But at the same time, I was also on a self-discovery. And it was during that period of time that I also understood myself as intersex. Mm -hmm. And so these two things kind of happened to coincide at the same time. Uh, So yes, it's been a long journey of self-discovery and understanding well not yeah. so much discovery but certainly understanding yeah. yeah absolutely that's a lot of change to like just yeah it's huge so what age were you if you don't mind me saying like when you started to go through all of that so I would have been somewhere between maybe 2007 so I'd be 37 okay yeah I'd talk about midlife crisis that was <laughs> Okay, so for people who don't know, I mean, I actually think that teenagers now are way more okay with um, different, you know, using different pronouns and um, different gender identities um, than even my generation is. Um, So, but I will get you to just explain what intersex means. Okay, so an intersex person is someone whose chromosomes hormones um, or genitals or gonads mm-hmm. are not clearly definable as just either a male person or a female person. Okay. So there, there can be multiple combinations or one part of that could be quite, uh, I don't want to say ambiguous, but it's not clearly definable. Okay. And there's uh, over 40 different variations that... Wow. Um, um, are listed as an intersex variation. Mm-hmm. Um, even currently, we're even um, there's debate 
though most intersex people would agree that even PCOS, uh, polycystic ovary syndrome, yeah, I had would, also be, would also be an intersex variation. That's interesting. Um, because um, what causes those things are the hormones and the other um, issues in your body. And so these, these things are actually, um, so it's hard to give an exact figure of how many we are mm -hmm. because doctors change us usually at birth or soon after and the details are usually not kept. Yeah. Parents are told not to talk to their children about it. And so that's why many of us find out about it later in life because either mm -hmm. at times of fertility issues or other times we go to the doctor and suddenly it's like I'm not who I thought I was my god I can't even imagine I hate to use this as an example but I was watching was it Grey's Anatomy and they were talking about the right of a child to choose for themselves when they're old enough to choose um or I hate using the word choose because you don't necessarily have to but um, the idea that, you know, that doctors and parents were making decisions and probably still are making decisions that are, I mean, affecting a person's life, you know, for the rest of their life. Mm. I mean, some of it's pretty barbaric as, as far as I'm concerned. But um, do you think, do you think that's like has, I mean, it must have changed a bit, but do you think it's still like happening that people are still not talking about it? And... Um it hasn't changed too much to be honest it's um they say that there is um consent mm. but parents are still told that it's a deformity it's it's something that's just an abnormality that needs fixing right and so very few of these cases need immediate attention sometimes there are associated health issues that need um attention yeah of and some can be quite serious yeah but none of them need sex assigning fixing if yeah. that makes any sense and yeah. once some of these surgeries have been done fixing their sex or correcting their genitals mm. it often leaves life trauma that goes for the rest of our lives yeah of course so yeah yeah so they've kind of decided that they're going to make decisions through multidisciplinary teams. So instead of one doctor making a decision, they just have lots of different fields of doctors making a decision. But from a patient's perspective, i.e. an intersex person, it's still the same barbaric torture. Yeah, it's still not the decision to make. In my case, it was done supposedly to make me more male, which I never right. felt that male when I was growing up. Yeah. We come to that part later. But basically they said this will help them stand up and pee. Right. Now, after my life experience, I would wish they'd done nothing. I would have been happier if they just said it would be better if you sit and pee because you're going to have a few issues. It's like the re realistic factors. I've got more problems because of what they did. Yeah. Then I would have if they didn't do it. Yeah, that's really. And, and, and to me, that, that's a problem. And many, for parents, 
unless they have full disclosure of information, which as a uh, legal expert and, and uh, someone who's done a lot of research, I can tell you that most parents are not given that much information. Yeah. Uh, then parents don't have the actual right to consent. Well, yeah, absolutely. If you don't have the, the full information, then you can't consent. I mean, that's what consent's about. Just to throw out some figures there, the yeah. best estimate we've got at the moment is roughly about 2.3% of the population are intersex. Okay. And this is just based on world medical data that we have available. Yeah. So I did a calculation. That's roughly the size of the city of Dunedin. Wow. Yeah. It could be um, the number of intersex people. Yet um, in New Zealand, in the surveys we've done through the intersex, through intersex Aotearoa, we've only got about 30 to 40 people replying. So that means there's a lot of people out there who are intersex, who don't know they're intersex, who may be desiring some support. Yeah, of don't course. Know. They might not know. I mean, there's, there's a possibility some of them don't want to. I mean, I'm sure there's um, a lot of cultural shame around not feeling like you fit into what's, you know, on the dot or of the pictures and whatnot. Actually, I just found out that apparently our organs, you know how we have, you know, the pictures, the medical pictures of what a body is supposed to look like and all the organs and everything. I just found out that that's total, I mean, it's not total bullshit. It's very general. And um, when I was getting an ultrasound done, uh, the, the radiologist, I think the radiographer, um, was saying, that your like pancreas can be in a completely different spot. Like your organs aren't necessarily where they say they are on the thing. And everybody is different. So your, you know, your liver could be run up in your lungs or like, like things can be completely different to what we're expecting. Um, I've heard of appendixes not being on the left side or something. So there's a lot more variance than we have been let on to, to know about. And that's a bit of a problem, and I'm trying to um, express to people with the concept of gender, because gender was created in 1955 by John Money, okay. who's a psychiatrist who was born in Matamata, but he did his uh, PhD over in the US okay. at John Hopkins University. Now, he created the term gender because sex and its multiple uh, understandings and all the different areas we talked about were becoming too diverse so we mm -hmm. could not identify somebody as being male or female so he was trying to identify well if we can't do that what can we use to uh, assign an intersex child as male or female so he came up with sex assignment and then the um, sex of rearing the child development okay. and together he coined the term for those two elements gender right and so gender was actually created to erase us as an intersex person and assign us to one of the two sexes of which then medical treatment would be um, done to make sure that our anatomy conformed to the assignment yeah to fit. And, and then from there, Robert Stoller um, developed um, the term from 
um, sex role to this gender identity of which now we use for transgender people. Right. But that, that was actually, um, gender identity initially was a very highly medicalized um, element. Today, um, transgender people use it, I, I guess you could say they've claimed it as their own. Yeah. It's actually started as a very um, medicalized point. So wow. when feminists talk about gender, it's actually, for some of us, it's actually a very traumatic concept. Yeah, absolutely, because the language doesn't include everyone. No. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to see our government becoming more diverse, but I still think we've got a really long way to go um, with people be feeling like we're being represented properly. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, I think as an intersex person, that's the trouble I face, because we hear about all this diversity, like gender diversity, even mm. rainbow diversity, but as an intersex person, I know our community has such a wide understanding of who they are. Some feel as though they're an intersex woman, some as an intersex man, some mm. as non-binary. Um, for me, I'm starting to consider to start reclaiming that word hermaphrodite, because to me, that has that spiritual connection with the past, that, that, yeah. that uh, connection. But even then, it's a matter of decolonizing it because doctors and scientists have talked about it as this self-reproducing organism like a snail. <laughs> but actually, oh that's, not, that's not what that spiritual connection was about before. It was about that two, na two nature, that dual nature being yeah. of which I introduced myself about. Yeah. So to me, it's about reclaiming that because I, I will always know I, for me, I can't speak for all intersex people because they identify across that thing. But for me, I'm always going to have those two natures. Yeah. And my voice might sound one side. My appearance might look partly another side. Yeah. But I know within myself, there's a combination of all of that that makes me who I am. Yeah. So... The, the law, even in this concept of diversity, is still not recognizing that. Yeah, absolutely. So, a long way to go. Yeah, I was um, just doing a paper. I was reading about how in Maori culture, um, there, yeah, it was basically it was a paper, a study that was done on um, on you know the idea of gender, um, and that it's the translation into English doesn't work. Because at Māori, the idea of, of who you are is uh, probably even more since like a duality like you're talking about. The, the idea is, is not that you're one thing forever either. It's far more fluid. Um, and how you present yourself is maybe, you know, one little part of that. And I actually think that that's absolutely accurate to everyone. I don't think everyone, is, yeah. I don't think anyone is 100% anything that's... I mean, we're all, we're all human beings. That's pretty much the only 100% we got, <laughs> you know? I can't, um, I have this diagram that take too long to find and show you, but yeah. it's kind of like a, a globe picture. And I've got little elements looking at physical characteristics, psychological characteristics, social mm -hmm. role, sexual orientation, all emotional characteristics, et cetera. Yeah. And 
I've got maleness sort of one side and femaleness on the other side. And I just did a random kind of dots across these different elements. And I said, say to people, tell me who is this person? Yeah. Of course, you can't tell because, and, and I say to them, actually, if we, we um, went through and we mapped everybody, very few would be exclusively fully male or fully female. Yeah. Our characteristics actually would, and if we're looking at all the different parts of our identity, would be a kind of mosaic, I think is the best word. Yeah, absolutely. And We're an amalgamation of everything. Think about that. Um, then it, what it tells us is we just have to be identified for who we are. Yeah. As me. I'm Regina. That's me. Yeah. Um, and once we start doing that, it's easy to, um, like, it just shows complete respect for the other person. Absolutely. Because, yeah. Yeah, I completely, yeah. I, I've always thought it was interesting because um, particularly on things like Twitter and also on a couple of conferences I've been to, um, people have been starting to introduce themselves uh, with their pronouns, which is interesting. I think some people find it really hard to deal with. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I think you can learn anything. I just don't I just don't think that it being difficult for one person to like try to remember someone's pronouns is actually should be even part of the conversation um because it's so much more important than that on the other side um but it's been interesting to see people talking about um like how I would introduce myself uh being you know a, a cis woman yeah. do you think that's actually helpful I know you yeah. can't speak on on behalf of everyone I'm just saying just your opinion I I respect the need for opinions and as someone who's kind of in this mixed space, I think it's important. But the focus on just pronouns, I don't think goes far enough. Okay. We need a whole language. So like I say to people, they is good, but what about uncle, aunt, what? Boy, girl, what? Absolutely. And so to me, yes, I, I, I'm having a pronoun to respect people who are not just male or female, mm -hmm. absolutely important. Mm -hmm. And we should be respecting how people identify. But I think people have just rested on that alone. And to me, that's just not gone far enough. Yeah. So I think my, my bugbear is not so much with the pronoun. It's like when I'm talking to my nieces and that, and I say, well, what shall we refer to you as? I've got no answer because our whole society is just stopped in midair. And it's, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and and it's only in two uh, It's you're either in one camp or the other in terms of referring to family members. I, I completely understand that because um, I've I've had that experience myself where I realised, ah, oh, I don't know how to refer to this family member uh, anymore because there is no word that isn't just assigning a label to them um, that is incorrect that doesn't represent them, um, and I didn't. Yeah, it's something you don't think about until I think you are speaking to someone else. Um, but yeah, it, it's actually, I, it's funny because I think the English language is one of those, is a language in which there aren't that many labels, names for uh, different uh, people or different parts of your identity. Um, I know in French, there's actually quite a few. Um, I appreciate that. Um, there's just a little bit more ambiguity or... I don't know what the word is exactly, but maybe a little more 
acceptance of things being more fluid and less just black and white than in the English language tends to kind of uh, be. So, you know, but I, that doesn't mean we can't be creative. I mean. No, and, and I think we've got the opportunity as a, a society to actually think, well, okay, let's be creative. We've adopted yeah. them, are they, which is really grammatically incorrect. But anyway, we've adopted it. Yeah. So but again it kind of comes back to this thing about gender gender is this western construct it doesn't represent polynesian cultures it doesn't represent other first nations cultures it is this western construct of what it is to be a male or female yeah and though some non-binary people consider themselves within the gender for me i believe non-binary is actually outside of gender because you're actually you're outside of that framework yeah well you could say you're in between it but you're still not in it yeah i also think there is an element now that's coming through i think particularly in younger people where i'm noticing um they're kind of how would i say that they're, they're kind of like they're dismissing those labels I think the idea is like they're kind of going, well, no, I'm, I don't fit into whatever the fuck you've created yeah. for me, and I'm not going to pretend that I do, which is really I, is cool and really empowering. I like that. I know it's harder for some uh, uh, like people to to understand, and I've had a lot of conversations with grandparents and whatnot, but um, I still think it's a it's a, it's a good positive direction like at my my daughter's school there's a lot of kids that are, are non-binary and I have to I've been learning new names for people as well um yeah and yeah it's an effort but like seriously it, it's not that much of an effort it's no. the change that's hard for people but it's not difficult once you know you can learn anything no. we all learned how to drive for god's sake like you can learn someone's change I mean, so this is pretty simple. We're not even talking. Learning to drive is complicated. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and dangerous. <laughs> and this isn't either. What do you think of people who are um, afraid to, you know, get the wrong pronouns or, you know, to, to identify someone incorrectly? Generally speaking, the way people express themselves should give a good clue. Yeah. Like, um, but my general suggestion is if you're unsure, just ask. Yeah. How would you like to be uh, referred to? That's, yeah. that's a very polite way. Um, but like I go to say in the mall, I go out to get some food or something, and fully in a dress, you know, just kind of very feminine style. And they'll go, oh, yes, sir, what do you want? And I'm thinking, really? okay. <laughs> what do you think is the biggest misconception that people have about you? Um, not that it's a bad thing, but they just assume I'm transgender. Okay. Because transgender people people know more about being transgender than intersex. Yes. Um, not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with being identified as transgender, but um, so that's probably one of the biggest things. Yeah, that makes sense. When I had a shaved head, people assumed I was a lesbian. And at first I was kind of, I'm, I'm bisexual, but as, at first I um, 
found that quite off-putting um because that's not how I thought of myself I also found it uh, irritating because it was like well just because I don't have long hair you like you're making you're making some big ass assumptions you know that's why I've always found it really interesting like um people who you know have have grow a big beard and are wearing dresses I love that because that's kind of it feels like very much like a just like <laughs> I'm whatever I am and you can't make an assumption now like you just try the thing that I find worse is um when we're going into the shopping mall or something mm. and I have predominantly it's a white middle-aged uh woman sometimes with the husbands and sometimes they have the children and you can hear them in the background uh, talking behind your back. Strange, you know. God. What kind of being is that kind of being? That, that's the thing that gets you the most. It's like we can't go anywhere in public without someone looking around or, you know, making comments like that. And you can tell some of the mothers are going like, oh, we have to protect our children. And that sort of thing is just like oh. someone's catching or something. Oh god, that's so depressing. But, you know, I've been walking around with people who got stared at um, for who they were, and I don't think people realise how obvious it is, and I don't think people realise how much of a how like traumatising that could be for someone to like walking around their everyday life. Is one thing, but when you once you start hearing the back chat behind you, yeah, that's even it takes it to a whole new level. Yeah, which is why I mean it's so important that there is more media representation of people who don't just like all look the same. Um, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, that's just because the more you see it, the more you, you start to kind of understand that everyone's different. And that's fine. <laughs> and and what I find is the more people I talk to, mm. but the vast majority of people I talk to are understanding. They yeah. just don't know. But once yeah. they do know, they go, oh, okay. And yeah. so I believe in my deepest heart that there's only a very tiny majority who are ultra-conservative and don't want to know. Yeah. I believe with education, most people will go, Oh, thank you for telling me. Yeah. Like if someone was feeling like they were unsure as to whether they were intersex or not. I mean, you said you felt like you like something was up, mm. but you weren't quite sure. What what would you kind of advise, I guess? We would say like I guess you talk to your parents or Well, no, I didn't talk to my parents because I was in a kind of semi conservative home, Christian okay. background. And I'm like, uh, no, don't break Yeah, you know what the reaction's going to be, yeah. Um, and I'm now at the stage where I can talk to my parents, but for young people, I think it's important to reach out. So, like, on Facebook, we've got Intersex Youth Aotearoa. Okay. So for young people who are um, familiar with Facebook, there's a place that they can reach out to. Okay. Um, and if they're not sure... There's no harm in asking. But if they kind of get it mixed up with transgender, um, the, the people who are um, on the administrator they, um, of that Facebook site, they can help and um, put 
them in touch with someone to talk through it. For many people, at most they're going to know is the name of their variation or what um, medical doctors will call a condition or a pathology. Right. Like hyperspadias or androgen insensitivity syndrome. You know, it's all, all classed in those medical words. So yeah. someone might have that on their medical um, information and they go, well, what does that mean? Yeah. If they said that that's one of the intersex variations, it might help them connect and go, ah. A good yeah. example of that is um, many uh, intersex people are told by doctors, oh, there's no one else like you. So when we first meet an intersex person, we go, someone else like me. It's like you're finding a sense of community because you've been told you're special. You're Well, not so much special. They don't use that word. No. Horrible word, but anyway. Yeah. So it's like you're unique. You're different. You won't find anyone else like you. You're just a abnormality. Whereas when we find there's others like us, we go, oh, wow, wow, and we kind of get so happy because we realise actually there's more of us out there. I mean, not feeling alone is huge. Mm. It's like that that you might be going through things that other people are going through is is such an important connection to make. Um, mm. I didn't meet anyone who was bipolar until I was in my 30s. So, or that was, you know, I'm sure I did meet people who were bipolar. But um, the fact that you were talking about as well about PCOS before is really interesting to me because I was given, I had PCOS and I was given, a, what do they call it? An anti-androgen to prevent um, like hair growth. So like, like, beard growth really um and they didn't really talk about I don't know a GP is very you know they want to get you out within 10 minutes kind of thing so they don't really talk things through necessarily but no one ever really talked about the fact that maybe this is just what your body is doing and that's okay um there, there isn't a lot of acceptance for like you said like for the range of experiences and identities that we have um yeah it's interesting i had never thought about it in that way i guess we're all in boxes and we don't really know it <laughs> absolutely now this is will, will be a good one because most students will get this from their biology class okay we talk about genotypical as in genes your uh, uh xx or xy mm -hmm. or phenotypical as in bodily expressions using those scientific terms from genetics that everyone talks about okay. um, in biology class and a friend of mine came up with a good expression intersex people are genodiverse and phenodiverse because yeah. they don't fit in that typical um uh, range and i thought right. well, that's a good way to help people understand because yeah. most people have done some basic biology at school most of the questions that I get so far are about penis size and whether they feel like they're normal. So that's a whole nother conversation. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, did. I, I think just to keep, um, put an answer in that, which kind of talks about a lot of what we're talking is yeah. there's no standard. Oh, no. And I think people, um, doctors need to overcome this thing of the standard size penis. Mm -hmm. There is no standard. And people with small penises, or what they call micro penises, um, 
not as much today, but in the past they had them cut off and they were made into a female because it wasn't a standard size fence. Wow. Even though their identity was still very male, they'd been tried to make them, make them into a female because the doctor thought they weren't standard enough. Yeah. So we need to overcome that thing and just, you are who you are, be happy with your body parts as they are. Yeah. I think it takes that, everyone time to accept who they are. I think that yeah. that's a journey, absolutely. But um, it definitely helps if the people around you and the professionals around you are also accepting you and for who you are <laughs> instead of trying to change you. I've also heard about um, like people who have very large clitorises um, being considered male. Um, yeah. Just yeah. heaps more diversity. In fact, what I am going to do at some point, because um, I did see it on something, uh, was I watched a very short documentary uh, where they came up and they put, they ended up putting a whole bunch of pictures of like vulvas, different people's vulvas um, on the screen and just showing how different everyone was, was so enlightening. And I think that's so important. I, yeah, I just think it's so important to see, um, to see the diversity for lack of a better word. Um, yeah. So good. So interesting. So hopefully we've, we've got that penis question for whoever asked. Yeah, there's a lot of them. So yes, I think, yeah, I don't think there is a normal. No. I think it's just a label we've popped on people. Um, all right. So one of the other questions was, how do I tell my friends I'm actually a girl? It's a really difficult one. And the first thing I would say is you have to talk to someone you really trust, a good mm. friend someone you've built up really good trust with because you need when you go to you need people around you who are really good friends who accept you before you start talking to too many people because if you don't have that it could be really damaging so it's hard to give individualized advice because everyone's going to be so different but i think the best thing we need to start with is a few people around us who are really, really close and are going to support us no matter what. Once we have them, then it's easier to start talking to other people because you know that they've got your back. Yeah. I mean, would you consider that talking about, like, is that considered as coming out? I know we use that in terms of sexuality, but um, would you say that it's coming out? I, I guess you would because... That what that's doing is coming out is literally giving a public face mm. to what you understand. Right. Because before that, you're kind of hiding it inside. But yeah, so of com course. Coming out is like a, um, a public yeah, demonstration. Here yeah. I am. <laughs> Here I am, everyone. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think in some, um, in, in some families and in some social groups, like some friends, um, you'll have an idea if you've known them long enough. You'll have an idea of how they feel. You can test the waters a little. Like, I don't think there's any shame in, like, um, you know, bringing up in a conversation just about, you know, uh, someone else um, and seeing how they kind of react. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, especially in terms of safety, because I'm well aware that there is a safety issue in some social circles, depending on... on especially for parents um because when you're a teenager you're still yeah. uh, you know generally living at home um 
just yeah I think it is about being careful finding your community sometimes you unfortunately have to wait until it is a safe um you're in a, in a you're in an environment where you're not gonna you know be kicked out of home or or be ostracized in a, a really traumatic way but you can't check how people are going to react absolutely and like you say test the waters yeah. like asking a friend have you heard about transgender people yeah and if they give a real negative comment, then you know, uh, I'll do. Yeah. But if they go, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard about them. And then yeah. you can go, well, you know, over years I've been. And so you can, as you say, you test the water and you can know whether it's a safe space. Or... Yeah, a really good one, actually, if you have Netflix, is there's a show called Sex Education. Um, it's a British show and it has, uh, it's, I mean, it's a really good show just off off the bat but um it's about teenagers in high school and uh it's about them exploring different sexualities different gender labels um and how different everyone is and how it can take a long time to figure out who you are even just for yourself um and that would be a really good show to be like oh have you seen this and then you know you probably get an idea of whether they um are you know on board or or maybe you should wait a bit or maybe you should just tell them that they should like watch it or you know just maybe you could like slyly like kind of educate them a little bit on the side um I don't think that that, that would hurt that's for sure um but some people disappoint you unfortunately yeah and sometimes the people you think are good friends unfortunately work out not to be the best friend once the truth um, comes up but yeah over time you learn who are the real friends and who are not yeah and what we need around us especially when we're coming out of the real friends yeah so yeah i mean if you can take anything from it if you do lose friends i've i've lost friends through um telling people i'm bipolar and and things but um i i think the one thing you can take from it even though it feels like a really negative and it, it is it's you know something you have to process um, is someone not accepting you for who you are um, is that they it's a really good litmus test meaning that it's a really good way of testing whether someone's actually your friend or not it's as disappointing and as much as it can hurt um, I personally would rather know whether that person was a real friend or not um, doesn't stop it from hurting for sure no I'm in absolutely it's going to hurt if you find that person's not a real friend yeah. i think long term your life is going to be better off yeah. to know than person pretend like they're a friend and stab you in the back behind you. exactly and we all know that when we're young that i mean even when you're older to be fair um there's plenty of people who <laughs> enjoy the drama i'd also like to to, to just get out there that i think um often when someone has a really negative reaction to something like that um sometimes not always sometimes they just need a little bit of time um sometimes it's just their knee-jerk reaction um and i remember um i've brought him up a few times already because he's great dan savage who is a sex advice columnist in um america and he was saying that when he came out he says that he just gives he gave people like a year particularly his parents who are very conservative, Catholic, like he's like, I gave them a year to ask the dumb questions, 
you know, like the questions that are like, really? <laughs> um, and then afterwards he was like, and then after about a year, I was like, no, okay, I'm not asking, answering these fucking questions anymore. This isn't my, it's not actually on me to educate you in this. Um, go Google it. Here's some books. Go do that. But I'm not accepting those questions anymore. They're not helpful and you need to kind of, yeah. So giving, I think giving people a moment to maybe be, have maybe not the best reactions. Um, Cause a lot of it's to do with your culture. It's a lot to do with your upbringing. And especially when you're young, like what, what your parents say when you're 14, <laughs> like you, you, yeah, it's a lot about your own education and culture. So uh, yeah, you can, I think it's up to you, but I think it's good to give people the benefit of the doubt that maybe their first reaction may not be the best one. Um, and if they, you know, apologize and kind of show that they're, they're trying to figure it out. Yeah. I think people, people, even if people get it wrong, if you can sense they are trying, yeah, you forgive them for that. Yeah. But you can tell people who just not trying. You you know who they are. Yeah. Um, but if you can sense they may be making a mistake or getting pronouns wrong or something, but you know they're trying, you can you sense that they're really trying to get it right. Yeah. Then you give them some leeway because you know they're putting in that in that attempt. You're, they're trying. Exactly. If someone really cares about you, they will try. Please like and subscribe to this video if you'd like to be notified when a new episode goes live.